I was just amazed. This is this is the food that I have been looking for for my child. Come on. I was like, all my problems are solved. So I said, Bambara, here I come. It's you and I forever. <laughs> Perhaps it's not every day that you hear such an ecstatic endorsement of a humble bean. But then again, Bambara groundnut is no ordinary food. As I was eating it, I was crying because it was like a discovery. I was eating it and crying. I called my husband. I said, I just discovered something. I called my friend. I said, on your way to work, just pass by my house. There's something I need to give you to try out. It's something we hope you can try out too, because Bambara groundnut, today's star ingredient, is something of a superstar amongst underutilized African crops. Considered a complete food, it's drought-resistant, hardy in marginal soils, versatile, full of flavor, and extremely nutritious. And once she rediscovered it as an adult, this promising legume would end up having an extraordinary impact on Nkechi's life and that of her young son, Obim. I'm Takumbo Salako, and you're listening to The Star Ingredient, a Euronews original series that will immerse you in a forgotten world of flavour. We're taking you to meet the chefs and local communities on a mission to rediscover traditional ingredients, all while sharing delicious new recipes and flavours. In Africa, a continent which, by the way, has more indigenous grains than any other, food security depends heavily on the same three crops, often imported, that rule diets the world over. Wheat, rice and maize. And when a crisis like the war in Ukraine threatens global food supply, these underutilized crops can be a vital tool in fostering more resilient food systems. So for this episode, we're heading to Lagos, Nigeria, the country's sprawling commercial capital. And we're going to be chewing over another African hero crop, Bambara groundnut. tasted bambara not in a very 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 long time uh, in fact there are so many foods which i used to have uh, as, as a boy growing up in croydon um, which i can no longer find in here in france so i'm really eagerly awaiting to open this box we'll be honest with you in europe bambara isn't the easiest thing to find on supermarket shelves mm. no the taste matches the smell it where to begin? It's, it's, there's the nuttiness. We in Lyon, for example, ended up getting ours online. It's very strange because it's like bringing back the memory. Can't remember really if I liked it or hated it at the time. Um, but I'm finding it extraordinarily delicious right now. But if you're in London, you should be able to find it in smaller shops catering to the West African community. For this episode, we're meeting and cooking with two women who want to change all of that, who are determined to put this overlooked bean on top of the menu at home in Nigeria and around the world. And on the menu today, a simple yet luxurious Bambara groundnut spread accompanied by gurasa, a flatbread speciality of the houses of northern Nigeria. My name is Enkechi uh, Edemachi. I am a mom of two boys and a wife. <laughs> I mean, when I'm asked to introduce myself, 
uh, that's I love to start there because that's in on the scale of priority in my life they come first. My name is Moya Donfa. I'm a chef and I went to the Culinary Arts Academy of Switzerland where I studied culinary arts and international business. The two women grew up on opposite sides of the country. Our story starts with Nkechi and her mother. So I grew up in eastern Nigeria, a town called Ogidi. Nkechi's mother has always been an example to her, an entrepreneur in her own right, running her own hair shop and salon. I remember going to her shop then as a three-year-old. You know, it had, she had just one chair, a, ba a basin where her customers would bend over, not backward but forward to wash their hair, you know. And I watched her grow that shop from that tiny little salon to a, a bigger shop where she was, she was even going to Dubai to buy gold, to buy jewellery, to buy lace, fabrics and stuff to learn, um, to sell in the shop. Her mother also ruled the kitchen. My mom was a mother hen. I didn't learn to cook until I left home. My mom would wake up in the morning at 4 a.m. to cook for the family. And boy, the family loved to eat. Traditional Nigerian foods were frequently on the menu. Yum, with pepper soup spices and plantain. And the local dish that we all enjoyed eating growing up was rice and ufako, Sunday mornings, as in unfailingly. Before 7 a.m., it's ready. Rice was a staple food in their family, like in so many others. But the big, luxurious treat came in the form of okpa, an eastern Nigerian speciality known to the Igbos as the king's meal or lion's meal. It's made from the flour of ground bambara nuts, a hard-shelled legume grown widely by women across sub-Saharan Africa. That was our pizza growing up, you know, the delicious, yummy meal that we expected from time to time from our parents and that made us really happy. Ask any Nigerian about Bambara groundnut, and okpa is very likely to be the first thing that comes to mind. How would I describe it now? Okpa is a yellowish, dense, thick pudding that is made from Bambara nuts. So it's delicious, it's filling, it has this distinct aroma and taste. Very delicious. Nkechi's most precious childhood memories were linked to her mother buying this bean. I remember that when my mom goes um, to the market, you know, or, or when she goes to her shop and uh, she's coming home, she buys okba. But many years later, Nkechi encountered this ingredient again in a different form when she herself was mother. In 2017, she gave birth to a beautiful baby boy, Obim. And while motherhood was what she had always wanted, from the start, it was a challenge. I have two sons now. But my first, who really led me into the adventures with Bambara, he's the joy of our family, you know. Growing up, he had a lot of food allergies. Basically, every food that a child needs to eat for nutrition, he had allergies to them. The first time they gave him cow milk, he broke out in hives. He couldn't breathe, he was coughing, he was stooling. We rushed him to the closest hospital. They gave him injections, and that was how he was all right. The doctors advised Nkechi and her husband to discontinue milk, but the problems didn't end there. 
So usually when a child is not taking milk or when a child uh, or when a family is not able to afford milk, they give the child soya beans. We tried that. He broke out. He reacted badly. Okay, what's next? Peanuts. We tried peanuts. Same thing. Okay, let's just focus on eggs. We tried eggs. Same thing. You know, it was just every food we introduced, he reacted to. Every food we introduced, he reacted to. And this is essentially how it went for the early years of Obun's life, until the day a parcel arrived on their doorstep from Nketch's mother. My mom sent me about 5 kg of bambara. She sent it and said, uh, bambara is very nutritious. I think you should try making it for your family. At first, Nketchi, who was by no means a wildly enthusiastic cook at the time, left the sacks of flour untouched. So what happened was that we went to church and I, I took my son to the children's um, Sunday school in church. And I was just looking at how he was watching other kids eat their cookies, eat their muffins, eat their snacks, and all he had was apples. And it made me feel really bad because I didn't want him to think that he's different. I didn't want him to think that there was anything wrong with him or anything. So Nketchi changed her mind. I was determined that the next time we were coming to church, I was going to come to church with his own cookies and his own snacks. So I just remembered, eh, I have this flour, bambara flour. Nketchi started experimenting with this treasured food of childhood, coming up with her own recipes. I remember I told you that my son had also had um, egg allergies. So I just mixed the flour with, um, I think it was tiger nut milk, I, I can't remember all the ingredients I added, but it didn't have milk, it didn't have um, dairy, it didn't have um, eggs. So I made it into a muffin and it came out so nice. It came out so nice that as I was eating it, I was crying because it was like a discovery. And most importantly, Obim loved it too. No allergic reactions, no trips to the hospital, just a new delicious treat. I mean, it became the staple food for my child. I was making it in different ways. And Ketchy tore through the internet to find everything she could about this new wonder food that could give her son all the nutrients he needed. I was like, all my problems are solved. And so were Obim's. By the next Sunday, my child went to school with muffins and cookies. And everybody was asking me, oh, I thought he doesn't eat biscuits. And I'm like, yes, he doesn't eat the regular biscuit, but this one I made by myself. And everybody wanted it taste, you know. She made biscuits, pancakes, muffins, milk, bambara pastas, sauces. And it was then I realized that, wait, hold on. A lot of moms also have um, children with allergies because the truth is that right now we, there's not much um, awareness about allergies in Nigeria, you know. Even a lot of doctors are also not aware. So she started sharing her findings and recipes with videos on Instagram. My breakfast this morning is Bambara! They were striking a chord and the follow account ticked up. It became, you know, it became a thing. I mean, I, I got a lot of, a lot of other mothers interested 
who were, you know, following my recipes, replicating them, sending me pictures, telling me, thank you, I've saved them so much money, how their children are eating these things I'm, I'm recommending and are looking healthy and all. Nkechi became an expert on allergies and Bambara, even taking a course in child nutrition and cooking from Stanford School of Medicine. It wasn't, the plan was not to start a business, you know. I was just sharing the recipes I found online. Then in came the torrent of requests. They started asking me, okay, these ingredients that you're selling, it's always difficult for us to find them. Can you ship to me? Can you buy and ship to me? I think that was where, at the point where, where I was like, okay, I can actually turn this into a business, you know. So I started packaging the flour and sending to them. That was how we started. In a short time, Nkechi managed to leverage the promise of this underutilized superfood into a business, Machi Foods, an allergy-free food company selling all things Bambara over the internet, flour, Bambara nuts, Bambara bake mixes, a Bambara recipe book. We're gaining a lot of publicity, a lot of traction. I mean, I wasn't even doing much. I wasn't spending any money on, on marketing or publicity or any of that but because i had provided these women with so much free knowledge i had built a community of women that trust me that trust the brand and they were the ones now doing the free publicity word of mouth publicity for me guys recipe recipe is going is going straight into matching And while Nkechi was doing her part, getting Bambara flour into pantries all around Nigeria and making her legion of followers excited about all the potentials of this superfood, she wasn't the only woman trying to put it on the map. Good evening, everyone. My name is Moya Dunfa, and I'm the chef here at Atije. Um, today, we're taking you on a menu that is literally called Atije, How We Eat. For this menu, we're able to display our version of Nigerian cuisine, our, our interpretation of our local cuisine to our guests. We're at a pop-up dinner in a private apartment on Victoria Island, one of Lagos's more upscale neighborhoods, which is usually a hive of activity, thrumming with major businesses and multinationals. So, um, for the bread course, we have gurasa. Gurasa is basically a flatbread from northern Nigeria. And here, Chef Moyo is presiding over a menu for a select number of guests that showcases the best of her country's ingredients. To go with that, we have bambara nut spread. Bambara nut or bambara groundnut, it is a very nutritious bean that we grow locally. And bambara nut can be made in different ways, but today we decided to make it as a pottage and then blend it into a puree that will go with the bread. Bambara's a more recent addition to her repertoire. If I think about my upbringing, we didn't eat bambara groundnuts. It wasn't a thing. And I think that's also because it's mostly eaten in the eastern part of Nigeria. That's where they really love it. Moyo grew up on the far side of the country from Nkechi in the melting pot of Lagos in Ikoyi, where she too was reared on typical Nigerian fare. So we ate a lot of rice, jollof rice. I think we really ate typical like Lagosian Yoruba food. Like that, like okra, obono, um jello fries, beans, moi moi. Moyo's passion for food, first cultivated at home with her family and then nurtured in school, eventually brought her to the doors of the prestigious Culinary Arts Academy of Switzerland, 
exposing her to a whole world of flavour. My class was extremely diverse. We were about 13 in our class and we had 23 different nationalities. And that really gave me a desire to want to know more and be able to represent my food, Nigerian food. And also her country's indigenous ingredients. That's when she discovered Bambara. After, you know, growing up and coming into this industry, one day I was walking in the market and I saw it and I was like, oh, what's this? And I realised I had seen it because I, I had heard about Opa. It sparked the chef's curiosity. So I got it, I boiled it, and I just made it into like a regular pottage. And to me, I was really surprised as to how much it swelled up. You know, when you boil it, it swells up a whole lot, it like doubles in size. And then how tasty it was. For me at that point, it was just about taste and about, oh, something that I can just try out. And I was really surprised. And from there, I decided, I decided to just start trying it out in different forms. Moyo is just 23 years old, but already she's a commanding presence in the kitchen and an entrepreneur in her own right, having honed her skills in the Itan Test Kitchen, a Lagosian institution that firmly places Nigerian ingredients on top of fine dining menus, she launched Atije, her own pop-up restaurant business. Each pop-up dinner, which she now runs monthly more or less, has a limited guest list, a new setting, a particular decor and a lovingly curated menu, like the one we're present at today. Thank you so much for coming along with us and, and um, experiencing our interpretation of Nigerian food and how we eat today. We truly believe in our local food ways. Part of the beauty of Atije, which means how we eat in Yoruba, one of the local languages, is that it's a one-time experience in a unique menu. But for us, well... Chef Moyo has kindly made an exception to replicate her pop-up Bambara dish so that you can cook and enjoy her creation too. Okay, so we're just approaching um, Kata Bridge, which is just like the entrance to Oyimbo Market. First, we need to pick up some more Bambara from the market, the first port of call for any chef. Our journalist Samuel Okocha has joined Moyo for the trip. Okay. You sell Bambara nuts? Bambara. Bambara, they are selling it down there. Of course, like any confirmed businesswoman, Moyo drives a hard bargain. So you say half pins for how much? One thousand, six hundred. You know, give us one five. No, no. Give us one five last night. Oh no, the person is coming. You know, we came all this way to buy Bambara from your hands. Even when it was not showing in front of your market. And she wants to see her native ingredients front and center. Now, this Bambara is supposed to be outside. If anybody that wants to buy it, they will see that. No, they still bring it outside. So, with Bambara secured at a fair price, we head off to Victoria Island again to a different kitchen. For Nkechi, popularizing Bambara groundnut is vital because while Nigeria remains the leading producer of the crop in Africa, averaging about 100,000 metric tons per annum, its production pales in comparison to other staples like corn, cassava and rice. It's mostly sold by women. I don't know any man that sells up by really. Yeah, I've never, yeah. It's mostly sold by woman, women, yeah. It's often referred to as a woman's crop, meaning one that's traditionally only grown for home consumption and subsistence rather than export, and, as the name would suggest, predominantly by women. 
they are they are what you would call um relegated crops because like uh, i mean i don't think a lot of people still know about the crop compare this with the cash crops of yam cocoa or maize the ones that have high market value and can be lucratively exported these are traditionally controlled by men this in spite of the fact that bambara is what you would call a complete food containing 64.4% carbohydrates 23.6% protein 5.5% fiber and 6.5% fats with additional vitamins minerals and amino acids in the mix a bowl of bambara in other words will give you all the nutrients you need to set you up for the day and not only that it's a uh, traps nitrogen from the atmosphere it can grow in drought areas it's very resilient you know and when it's intercropped with other uh, crops it uh, boosts their growth and helps them grow better so a nutrient powerhouse easy to grow good for the soil why then the paradox of relegation for such a virtuoso legume well there are a number of factors first Raw unprocessed bambara takes a really long time to cook. It needs a few hours on the boil to be ready to eat, which is no small consideration for energy-strapped communities. Second, dehulling and preparing the hard-shelled bambara is much more labor-intensive than other crops like cowpea and peanuts, and it's often done manually. This is the issue that Nkechi came up against in her own adventures with bambara. Everything was manual. Everything was manual. It wasn't mechanized. My production processes were not mechanized at all. So it took a toll on, on me, on my health, you know. But according to Dr. Emmanuel Bassi Effer, a crop scientist from the University of Calabar in southeastern Nigeria that we spoke with for the podcast, these problems are not insurmountable. He's researched this crop extensively, partly because he recognizes its underexploited potential. He thinks that if Bambara is to ever escape its relegated status, it will require attention, research and investment by agricultural bodies to industrialize these processes. But until the crop is prioritized, businesswomen like Nkechi, who want nothing more than to bring this food to the widest possible market, will continue to struggle, especially when violent conflicts are already aggravating production problems. The North, North is quite uh, volatile now with the insurgents, the Fulani headsmen and all of that. So I've, I even had a situation where some of the farmers that I buy my North from were butchered and killed, you know, in the North. Nkechi is talking about the conflict among religious groups in northern Nigeria, where a lot of Bambara is cultivated. Violence has flared up periodically over the last 30 years, but the security situation has recently become critical. And then came 2020 and the pandemic. It meant that the costs of the raw materials kept going up, increased by over 500%. I mean, we were buying a bag of, a 100 kg bag of Bambara for 24,000 Naira. From 24,000 Naira, it went to 140,000 Naira. You can imagine. So, and then for a business that was not... Um, a fast-moving consumer good. It was more like a luxury product or a need-based product. So you have this small, small market share, and then you want to increase the price of the product. 
For all of these reasons, Nkechi has had to hit pause on her business. But she insists her story with Bambara doesn't end here. So I'm really excited and uh, I'm, I'm more hopeful now that sooner than later, I should be able to get back to joining the the quest for increase in Bambara notes consumption and production to the benefit of the environment and uh, our nutrition. So now our reporters Samuel and Chef Moyo have arrived at the Woodscope Professional Kitchen, a venue in Victoria Island that's used by some of Nigeria's best chefs to practice and promote their trade. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi. Hi Samuel. Good afternoon. Nice to meet you. And Ketchi's come to join them too. It's the first time the two women meet. We asked Nkechi and Moyo to cook their beloved crop together. You will need a pressure cooker. I boiled them already. Oh, cool. Because I don't want that. No one has to sleep here today. such a long time to cook. So with that in mind, let's start cooking. For the bambara nut spread, we start off just boiling our bambara nuts until they're very soft. You can soak them in advance as well. But you need about three hours to boil them until they're very soft. Then you can fry some palm oil over a medium heat. You can add onions, tomatoes, peppers, then add your bambara nuts in, add some seasoning. Salt, pepper, a little bit of curry powder, and let everything come together so the seasoning really gets into it. Then once it's cooked, you can either mash it in a mortar and pestle or in a blender, puree it. For the gurasa flatbread, take some flour, salt, sugar and yeast and combine with water. Knead it for about 5 to 10 minutes, leave it to rise for 30 minutes, and then split it into 50 gram portions. Then roll it out into your desired shape and fry on both sides in a hot pan, either with or without oil. That's a TJ. That's how we eat. Bon appétit. We hope you've enjoyed this new bite, a taste that, at least for me, took me right back to my childhood. Bambara is very dear to my heart. In fact, it's, I call it a hero crop. It's a hero crop and it saved my son. A hero crop indeed, but one that's still seen as a woman's crop, a poor man's crop. And to shake off those perceptions, women like Nkechi and Moyo will continue to fight for it. We don't see Nigerian food as old cuisine around the world because we think of it as, oh, food we eat at home, you know, celebration food, yes, but it's not fine dining, you know, that's French food, that's Italian food, you know. We pay big money to eat this food because we think they're exotic, oh, they are foreign, but our own food, no, 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 no. We've not given it the opportunity to thrive beyond what we know of it. That is rooted in our inferiority complex on colonization that tells us that anything that we are is not enough, but who we are is more than enough. The Star Ingredient podcast is created by food lovers at Euronews for those with curious taste buds around the world. 
I'm your host, Takumbo Sulaco, and this series is written and produced by my colleagues Marta Rodriguez-Martinez, Naira Dablashian and Ashling Nikulan in Lyon, France, with original reporting by Samuel Okocha in Lagos, Nigeria. Our consulting editor is Catalina Mai in Santiago de Chile, and our solution journalism editor is Michel Foyne in Paris, France. The theme music is by Andy Robini. Sound mixing for this series is by Lionel Duchossois and Hugo Poyard. Our production coordinator is Louise Lehec, and our editor-in-chief is Patrick Heary. Thanks to all of our colleagues at Euronews and Africa News who've helped us produce this show. And a special thanks goes to Nkechi Idinmachi for sharing her story with us and to Chef Moyo Adunfa for letting us into her culinary world. A big thank you goes to the Culinary Arts Practitioners Association of Nigeria for their invaluable contribution to this project. And if you want to find out more about their mission promoting the work of Nigeria's best chefs, follow them on Instagram at Kappa Nigeria. Thanks also to Woodscope Kitchens in Lagos for kindly giving us a place to cook. Also contributing to this story are Dr. Laura Forsyth, Associate Professor in Gender Inequalities and Food Systems at the University of Greenwich in the UK, and Dr. Emmanuel Bassi Effer, Crop Scientist at the University of Calabar in Nigeria. You can listen to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you normally get your podcasts. If you like the podcast, please give us a five-star rating, comment, and share with your friends. Are you cooking with our recipes? Are you finding the ingredients? Or are you trying them with alternatives? We want you to share with us what's happening in your kitchens. Use the hashtag, the star ingredient, to let us know. The podcast The Star Ingredient was funded by the European Journalism Centre through the Solutions Journalism Accelerator. This fund is supported by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Looking for something else to listen to? Check out another Euronews podcast called Cry Like a Boy that explores centuries-old gender stereotypes and how men in some African countries help fight them. For more information on The Star Ingredient, go to our website, euronews.com. And if you're a French speaker, you can find a version of this podcast in French called La Surprise du Chef.